Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Singapore, Dr. Yong Sin Ning. Sin Ning, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my privilege and honor. Thank you. Dr. Yong is the founding partner of the Biz Lab. She's an adjunct faculty member of the Singapore Management University, and she has an interesting podcast show, which is called the Square Apple Podcast Show. So, Sinning, uh, let's start with talking about the Biz Lab. Tell me a little bit about the venture and your motivation to start it. Okay, so the Biz Lab is helping early stage startups mm -hmm. prepare to raise funding. Uh, so what specifically we look at is we look at whether their numbers match up with the growth story that mm -hmm. they are trying to tell. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you have been to pitch competitions. You know that it's quite easy for mm -hmm. startups to tell a very rosy picture. Uh, the question is when you open the hood, does the numbers actually match up with mm -hmm. the story that they are telling? Correct. So specifically, we look at uh, their numbers, how mm -hmm. it aligns with their story mm -hmm. and the gaps and opportunities to improve the investability. So that's how we support startups. Mm -hmm. And uh, when a startup entrepreneur comes to you or a founder comes to you, what are some of the things that you look for before you decide to give him uh, support? Um, so in general, we work through accelerators mm -hmm. uh, to deliver our services. But in general, we feel that um, we want to work with startup founders that has a little bit of traction already. Mm. Because I, as a very established entrepreneur, you know, right, projections are just estimates. Correct. So if you don't really have traction, uh, it's really difficult to you know, ascertain the basis of which mm. you are projecting your numbers. Mm. So for us, we would like to work with typically founders who are who already have some traction mm. and are looking to grow and scale their business. Mm. Very interesting. So based on all the work that you do with so many uh, startup entrepreneurs and founders, what in your opinion are some of the important qualities a startup entrepreneur should have? Okay, so I think there are two. Mm -hmm. um, the first is tenacity. Because entrepreneurship is essentially trying to create a path in a thick jungle uh, where nobody has created before. Mm. So definitely there will be a lot of uncertainties and ambiguities mm -hmm. and so-called failures. Mm -hmm. So tenacity is definitely one major thing to have. Mm. I think this, the second thing to have is the ability to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. right. So uh, a lot of times, founders suffer from overconfidence bias mm. and confirmation bias. Mm. So uh, market is really going to love whatever I have. Yeah. But 100% of the time, it's not the case. Correct. And there needs to be pivots that the founder needs to make. Mm. And the founder really needs to have the ability to stand apart from the mm. idea and think critically about how else can they shape their business model, every mm. element of it. Mm. And it is an iterative process. So really the ability to think critically and to really challenge your own assumptions. Mm. Very interesting. 
Very interesting. And do you find uh, a lot of founders uh, are willing to challenge their assumptions and pivot easily? Um, to me, I I think the short answer is no. Mm. But the longer answer is it can be taught. Can be taught. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. My next question to you is, uh, you know, it's often said that only one in 10 startups make it. Uh, and I'm sure you must have been through hundreds or maybe thousands of business plans. What, based on your experience, are the top three reasons why startups don't make it? Um, so I think the first reason mm -hmm. is um, the inability to break down big ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, there's this very cliche line yeah, called yeah. think big, start small, scale yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, it, it cliche as it may sound, but it's mm -hmm. very real. So every time in pitch decks, uh, we will see very big visions. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to implementation, mm -hmm. uh, I think startups may have challenges trying to break it down into a way that mitigates their risks mm. and test key assumptions. Mm. So take technology platforms, for example. I mean, at one point in time, platform ideas were all the rage, right? Correct. And a lot of times, and platform ideas actually has been proven to be very difficult to take off because there are two sides of the equation. Mm. Mm. And a lot of times, um, the inexperienced startup founders will try to start to build a technology platform mm. first which actually is, uh, is a mistake because actually the whole business idea behind that platform hasn't yet been tested. Perfect. And it is therefore a very big risk to mm. start building and investing in technology. Mm. So uh, coming back to that first point is how do you then break the vision mm. down into smaller bite size so that you can mitigate your risks mm. as you go along? Mm. Um, I think the second and maybe related reason to this, mm. uh, the failure is around not knowing your numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some, a lot of people don't feel that they are numbers people and yeah. therefore they shy away from it. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's not so much about the numbers per se, but mm. actually the thought process that you go through to challenge your assumptions mm -hmm. and to ascertain whether your business model is robust or not. Mm -hmm. And being, you know, coming to terms with the fact that actually there's not only one way mm -hmm. of delivering the business model, but there are multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's that um, maybe that lack of, uh, you know, not thinking through the numbers and in the end, you know, just pursuing the business idea without having commercial okay. viability mm -hmm. in mind. Yeah. And I think the third, uh, the third and also maybe related to one and two is mm. understanding of risks. Mm. So if you suffer from overconfidence bias as well as uh, confirmation bias, mm. then you think your idea will work, but you ignore the possible risks. Correct. So for example, what about if your revenue dips by 50% mm. or your cost is increased by 50%? I mean, what happens? Because if you, are, you become aware of these then you will take action that will minimize the the risk happening to you or have mitigating measures. So I, I think in summary, it's about inability to break down the big picture. Uh, secondly, is not understanding what drives commercial viability. And the third is 
not having clarity of what are the risks and therefore what are the mitigating measures. Fascinating. You know, in the old days when I was growing up, this, this thing used to be called the what if exercise. Yeah. Uh, that used to be, I, I don't see too many people doing it these days, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's also because, uh, you know, what if seems very scary mm. because there is no boundary. So when we work with startups, um, we actually define a boundary in mm. which to do the what if analysis so that mm. it's actually clearer. Mm. Very interesting. The next question to you is that, you know, there is always this big debate on when should a startup start to scale up you know everyone's now talking global everyone's now talking uh, you know pan the whole country and i've often told people in india for example and we are such a large population i said if you look at just the national capital region which is delhi there's a population of 24 million people so has to just be pan national capital region and you've got as much as australia with you mm, mm. But everyone wants to go go pan India, mm. so I'd love to get your perspective on when should a startup start to scale up. Okay, I uh, I believe the startup needs to begin with the end in mind. Correct. So at the point in time where they start their first step, mm. they need to have clarity of the answer to that question you just asked. Mm. Um, because this, to me, if uh, the startup intends to scale and grow and, you know, go places, uh, every step of the way needs to be intentional. So, for example, the choice of the beachhead segment, the way that you go to market, uh, even at the early stages, you need it to be intentional so that it builds up upon itself, mm. leading to the goal. But of course, you know, with everything, it's all an experiment, right? Because it will never go as what you intend. Yeah. But having a clear vision of where do you want to go? Do you want it to be uh, geographically bounded to a certain place? And mm -hmm. therefore, you want to go niche, more niche, mm -hmm. more depth, mm -hmm. or you want to go broader? Yeah. Uh, I think all these are decisions which the founder needs to go through in their mm -hmm. head right mm -hmm. at the planning phase mm. and uh, it, it will take a while for the config to get the configurations right mm. and you also need to have some clarity of what are the KPIs you want to be hitting mm. before you feel that hey it's time for me to scale and grow so it's to me it's not like oh I'll just like travel happily down the road and then mm. suddenly one day I'll, I'll know when it Correct. is something that uh it needs to be thought through up front because it will dictate the actions that you take. Mm, very interesting. And uh, before I get to the next set of questions, for a lot of the things that you've spoken about, how does BizLab support the entrepreneur? So the outcome that BizLab wants to get at for the entrepreneurs is to increase their success to get funding. Okay. Uh, how we do that uh, is that we deliver the services via accelerators uh, and then we will work with the startups in the accelerators. Mm. Uh, we scaffold the whole process in three major steps. Mm -hmm. So the first step is that we 
uh, introduce digital learning content to mm -hmm. the founders and teach them uh, the cash flow 101, cash flow mm -hmm. hockey stick. Um, how does all the elements in business model actually drives commercial viability? Mm. Uh, and we also get them to understand how we structure our quick look tool, which is our proprietary tool that we use. Mm. So uh, that's about like two weeks. So some people do the, do the work, some people don't do the work, but yeah. that's fine. Mm. The second step is that then they will all go into a group training mm -hmm. where we recap the ideas that we talked about in the e-learning and we scaffold new ideas mm -hmm. like what do investors want to see in pictures in terms of the numbers Correct. Uh, and then there is peer-to-peer -peer learning so uh, that's the second stage and that then scaffolds them to the consultation bit mm -hmm. whereby uh, there are two scenarios one is we actually take their numbers their spreadsheet mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of spreadsheets with uh, you know multiple ways of presentation and we pump it into our tool. Mm. So our tool allows them to very clearly see how their projections actually manifest in investor valuation. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can say a lot of things, right? but ultimately, uh, when they want to raise funds from investors, investors want to see what's the returns for them. Correct. And uh, our tool allows it to be seen very clearly. Mm. What our tool also shows them is actually the what if analysis that we talked about just now. Right, so right. we have built in sensitivity analysis like uh, revenue minus 50 plus 50, cost plus 50 minus 50, etc. Mm -hmm. So that they can see actually, when we stress test their business model, mm -hmm. uh, what does it look like? And we also have strategic ratio. So mm -hmm. as an outcome of these um, consultation and advisory, mm -hmm. they are very clear about the investability as well as commercial viability. Mm -hmm. Then as a final step, I mean, these are three steps, but as a very final step, mm -hmm. because everyone's uh, data mm -hmm. is actually in a standardized database. Okay. So uh, we can also put in risk weightage. So for mm -hmm. example, one that has a more record of traction will have a lower risk weighting. One that has got very little traction then we'll have a higher risk rating. Okay. And this will help the accelerator sponsors uh, do investor matching uh, between the startup and the investor. So, I mean, this, because these are all very deliberate and right. it uh, allows for, you know, data that is presented in different format, mm. uh, meaning different things uh, to be digested in a very structured form. Mm. And, uh, you know, this will facilitate us to also ascertain the progress mm -hmm. of the startups over a period of the time that they are with the accelerators. Mm. Fascinating. What a great response. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, uh, that your response gives me an interesting segue to my next question, because you're talking about money. There is a million dollar question. Should a startup entrepreneur bootstrap as long as possible? Or should they raise money whenever it's available? I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Um, so a lot of the startup founders come to us and they say they want to raise money. Okay. Uh, whether do they really need to raise money or not is a separate question because I think a lot of people are influenced by media. You know, when you come going to LinkedIn or on the newspaper, there are like VCs and venture builders and whatever right so yeah. uh, people naturally think that the only sources of funds is uh institutional investors Correct. angels and stuff like that 
So um, for us, we actually uh, take a little bit of a more, okay, I wouldn't say scientific approach, but more structured approach mm -hmm. to advising. So when we look at their numbers, we look at hey, actually what's your maximum exposure? Mm -hmm. uh, actually, if the maximum exposure is not very huge, mm -hmm. uh, then we ask whether is raising funds with institutional investor giving away equity mm -hmm. uh, something that's sound to do mm -hmm. or do you want to raise or borrow money for example mm -hmm. so this actually always this is a conversation that we always see the light bulb coming on absolutely with the, mm -hmm. with the startup because mm -hmm. they're they never really thought about mm -hmm. uh thought about you know borrowing money instead of equity because it may seem like it's something quite you know fancy to mm. you know it's a badge of honor I raise yeah, money yeah. Mm. so we also talked about the implications of uh raising equity right. because it's like a marriage right because you are going into a longer term partnership and mm. it's not just about the money it needs to be partners that can further your aspiration uh, mm. for your company so we we take a quite a holistic uh, view about mm. this when we speak to our startups Fascinating. Uh, so the next question is on failure. You know, the part of the world that you and I come from, I've often said that we are never told it's okay to fail. And yet, when you look at the Western world or the, or the Bay Area, uh, a failure is something that is celebrated based on the learnings the failure has given to you. As the founder of uh, BizLab, I'd love to understand what are your perspectives on failure and the need to tell startup entrepreneurs it's okay to fail? Hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. And it really got me thinking when I, when I saw that question. Hmm. So I think the first thing is to remove the negative connotation of failure. Correct. Right. So, I mean, there's this uh, quote that says failure is just uh, finding another way to do things right. Correct. So I, I think uh, that notion that actually entrepreneurship in itself, as I said, the path is not there. You have to beat out the path yourself is naturally, uh, you know, filled with trial and error. So failure is almost inevitable. Mm. It is inevitable. So Correct. I think uh, it's removing that negative connotation. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is to maybe equip founders better in how to fail. So I remember my daughter when she was learning gymnastics, mm. uh, when she was very young, mm. one of the things that they taught is how to fall mm -hmm. properly so that she's safe. Correct. So I, I think that um, founders can learn. I mean, either they learn themselves or they are taught. Mm. Uh, how do they mitigate failure? Correct. Especially at the early stage where the stakes are not very high, right? Mm. Um, it's actually thinking about how do you identify the risks mm -hmm. and what do you do to mitigate the risks mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your investment in technology in terms of your beachhead segment etc so uh, and also maybe in terms of how do you set a threshold on the investments that you are making uh, mm -hmm. in certain parts of your so-called lean experimentation mm -hmm. so i think it's the second part is really learning how to how to fail mm -hmm. uh, in a in a in a safer manner I, I love your example of gymnastics on how to fall so that you don't hurt yourself that's such a powerful statement thank you uh, let me now move to your podcast 
um, I've got time for two more questions. So uh, you've got a podcast, which is the Square Apple podcast. Tell me about your podcast. Okay, so the Square Apple podcast is a 56 Apple, 56 episode Episodes, podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. which I recorded in 2019 to 2020. Mm. Um, and the reason why it's called Square Apple, right, is because it is uh, about thinking out of the norm, mm. having different perspective. Mm. And the reason why I recorded this was uh, because I transitioned from corporate mm. for more than 20 years uh, into being a PhD student and then being an entrepreneur. Mm. And I learned a lot of things in that process, um, how to see things in a different perspective, mm-hmm. how to break through in my thinking, how to you know, basically overcome my fear of yeah. change. Mm. And, and um, you know, understanding how people change mm. is my passion. So I wanted to kind of communicate this to people out there like me mm. who want to change, but maybe held hostage mm. by uh, certain mental or psychological okay. constraints. Yeah. Uh, and all the podcasts is around my experiences in managing change for mm. very large uh, companies over my 15 years in Accenture. Mm. Uh, it is also how I went through my early stage entrepreneurship journey, mm. thinking about things differently and mm. breaking constraints. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring across all these to people going through similar journey as me. Oh, wonderful. I must uh, check out your podcast show and listen to some of your episodes because I'm sure there is a lot of learning and I'm going to ask all my viewers and listeners to check out the Square Apple podcast show as well. Thank you. And sending my last question to you, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. What would you say, based on your amazing journey from the corporate world to an entrepreneur, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away uh, from our conversation? Uh, I think the three lessons is maybe firstly, uh, know your numbers. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid yeah. of numbers. Uh, to me, it's about, okay, so I, I have an accountancy background, mm-hmm. but for many, many years, I shied away from numbers mm. because of my experience yeah. in, the, in the faculty of accountancy. Mm. Uh, but I realized that actually, if you set a structure, it mm. will then drive insights and insights will drive action. Mm. So don't be afraid okay. as an entrepreneur to know your numbers. Mm. I think secondly, it's know your risks. Mm. Uh, and recognize that these are inherent in the business. You can't run away. You can only plan for it. Correct. I think the last one is begin with the end vision in mind. Hmm. Um, Think big, start small, scale fast. uh, So that you can be intentional in Hmm. everything you do. But nothing is going to go exactly the way you want. But at least the North Star is Hmm. very clear and it's going to guide you in being intentional in in your journey. Wonderful, wonderful. And on that note and your three amazing lessons, know your numbers, don't be afraid, know your risks and keep the end vision in mind. Thank you, 
sending for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me about the Biz Lab, about your amazing journey, about all the stuff that you are doing to support so many different startup entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm sure for the startup community in Singapore, you're like a little beacon that's providing them the direction and, uh, you know, advice. Thank you also for speaking to me about your podcast. Good luck to you and thank you again. Thank you so much. It's really my privilege and I really look forward to seeing you in person. And today you hear my story, but I would really love to hear more about your story. Anytime. Happy to do that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.